Well, let's hear what God has to say and let's turn to our Bible readings for this evening to very well-known portions of Scripture. First of all, Psalm 23, our Old Testament reading. Psalm 23, and then we'll be turning to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 7. But first of all, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then turning to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 7, and we'll read from verse 9 to the end of the chapter, Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, people, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honour and power and might, be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more, nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. For the Lamb, who is in the midst of the throne, will shepherd them, and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. We thank God tonight for his precious and infallible word. Well, this evening I want us to turn to perhaps the best known and the best loved psalm in the whole of the Bible, and that is Psalm 23. Now, as 
David writes this psalm, he really pictures life as a pilgrimage, as a journey. It's a journey with many ups and downs. It's a journey with many twists and turns. There are some beautiful places on the journey. Green pastures, quiet waters to enjoy. At the same time, there are also some very dark places, deep valleys to pass through. But as David makes this journey through life, he's very conscious that he's not alone. He has a divine friend, a divine companion, a divine shepherd, somebody to accompany him each step of the way. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, we too, this evening, as we travel the journey of life, and for each one of us, life is a pilgrimage. Tonight, if we are true believers in the Lord Jesus, then we too, like David, we too have a divine companion. We too can say, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, David, of course, was himself a shepherd. He was looking after the sheep of his father, Jesse, when the Lord called him. But here in this psalm, David views himself not as a shepherd, but as a sheep. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And then in the verses that follow, he goes on to speak about his shepherd, to extol the virtues of his shepherd, to tell us just how wonderful his shepherd is. And this evening, very briefly and very simply, I just want us to notice four things that David tells us about his shepherd. And first of all, David tells us that his shepherd goes before him. His shepherd goes before him. He says, verse 2, He leads me. He leads me beside still waters. Now, as I'm sure you know, in the east, the shepherd always went in front of the sheep. He didn't drive the sheep from the back. He led the sheep from the front. And so consequently, the shepherd knew what lay in front of the sheep. He knew where the good pasture was. He knew what difficulties and dangers the sheep might have to face. All this was known to the shepherd, because the shepherd went in front of the sheep. Well, our shepherd goes in front of us. He knows what lies ahead. He knows what the future has in store for you and for me. We don't know because God in his wisdom has chosen to conceal the future from us. That's why, of course, it's wrong to read horoscopes or to consult fortune tellers or mediums People like that. What God wants us to know about the future, 
He's revealed to us in his word. And what he hasn't revealed, he doesn't want us to know. We read in Proverbs 27, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. And that's the way God has planned it. We just don't know what awaits us around the corner. And it's a blessing that we don't. But God knows. Because he's omniscient. And nothing ever takes God by surprise. As far as God is concerned, there's no such thing as an unexpected event. Now sometimes we find ourselves in situations that we never anticipated in our wildest dreams. We are taken completely by surprise, but not God. He can see the end from the beginning, and he knows everything about our unknown tomorrows. Now, because of that, because he's the shepherd who goes in front, we've no need to worry about tomorrow. We've no need to worry about the future. And yet very often we do. We think to ourselves, what would I do if such and such a thing were to happen? How would I cope? How would I manage? We worry about the future. Now of course, many of the things we worry about, they never actually happen. Worry has a very active and a very vivid imagination. It always fears the worst. And yet many of our worst fears, they never actually materialise. The old saying, don't worry, it might never happen. It's not very sympathetic, is it? But it's undoubtedly true. And yet very often we do worry. But the Bible says we shouldn't, because we have a good shepherd, a shepherd who goes before, and he knows what's going to happen to you and to me tomorrow. We don't know, but he knows, and he's promised that whatever happens, his grace will always be sufficient to meet our every need. David says his shepherd goes before him. And then secondly, he tells us something else. He tells us that his shepherd stands beside him. Verse 4, he says, you are with me. And so our shepherd not only goes before us, he also stands beside us. Indeed, he's given us the faithful promise of his word that he will never leave us nor forsake us. I remember reading the story of two missionaries who many years ago were captured by the communists and they were tied up and forbidden to speak. And the older missionary noticed that his younger colleague 
was clearly petrified. But what could he do to help him or to comfort him? He couldn't speak to him. What could he do? And so what he did was this. With his foot in the dust, he wrote one word, the word Emmanuel. And that word, of course, means God with us. And friends, how true that is. As believers, God is always with us. But you know, he's not just with us. He's actually within us. In the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says to his disciples in John chapter 14. I will ask the Father. And he will give you another counsellor. To be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you. And will be in you. Every believer without exception. Is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts at conversion. He comes to stay. He comes to abide forever. And so whatever situation we find ourselves in. We're never alone. God is always with us. In times of joy to share our joys. In times of sorrow to give us comfort. In times of difficulty to give us strength. He's always with us. And you know that's true. Whether we feel his presence. Or whether we don't. Now sometimes in life. The Lord's presence seems so real. Well, we almost feel we could reach out and touch him. But on other occasions, perhaps because of circumstances, perhaps because of our own foolishness, our disobedience, sometimes the Lord can seem very distant from us. Indeed, on occasions we might almost be tempted to think that the Lord has left us. But you know, whenever we feel like that, that's all it is. It's only a feeling. Because whatever our feelings might tell us, and feelings can be very unreliable and very misleading, whatever our feelings tell us, the fact of the matter is this, that the Lord is always true to his promise. The promise that he will never leave us, nor forsake us. And David assures us here, that that promise, it will hold true in death, as well as in life. He says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. David says his shepherd goes before him. His shepherd stands beside him. And then thirdly, he tells us something else. He tells us that his shepherd follows behind him. Verse 6. He says, surely goodness and mercy 
shall follow me all the days of my life. And there David confidently asserts that come what may, he just knows as he travels the journey of life, he's going to be followed, literally pursued by God's goodness and mercy. Well, sometimes in life, it's not always easy to believe that, is it? There are days when everything seems to go wrong, everything seems to be against us, days when life just seems to be full of trials and problems and difficulties. It's not always easy to believe that we are being pursued by God's goodness and mercy. But the Bible promises us that in every situation, no matter how discouraging or depressing it might appear to be, in every situation, God is working all things together for our spiritual good. I'm sure we're all familiar with Romans 8 verse 28. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. You know, many years ago, there was a well-known evangelical Methodist preacher by the name of Dr. William Sangster. I remember when I was a child of six or seven years of age, we were on holiday in London, and we went to the Westminster Methodist Central Hall to listen to Dr. Sangster. Well, in one of his books, Dr. Sangster tells the story of how when he was a young teenager, about 13 years of age, he went on holiday with some of his friends. But after just a couple of days, he'd spent all his holiday money. And so in desperation, he sent a letter home to his dad asking for more money. But his dad, wanting to teach his son the value of money, just ignored the letter and did nothing. Well, after a few days, Sanks' friends began to say to him, What's your dad doing? Why hasn't your dad sent you the money you asked for? And Sangster said, My answer was this. I said to them, I just don't know, but I'm sure of this. When I get home, my dad will tell me the reason why. I don't know, but when I get home, my dad will tell me the reason why. Well, very often in life, we can't understand, we can't explain what God is doing. God often moves in mysterious ways. Now we see through a glass darkly. But we can be sure of this, that when we get home, when we get home to heaven, God will explain everything. And those things that have baffled us and bewildered us and perplexed us here below, they'll all be fully explained. That prayer, for example, which God never seemed to answer. 
that problem we wrestled with for years, but it was never resolved. That situation which, humanly speaking, seems so tragic. As we look back from the vantage point of heaven, we'll understand then what we can't possibly understand now. And we'll see that in every situation of life, God was working all things together for good. He was working out his wise and loving purposes. We can't understand it now, but we'll certainly understand it then. Spurgeon said this, He said, God is too wise to be mistaken, too good to be unkind. When you can't trace God's hand, you can always trust God's heart. And how true that is. We can't always trace God's hand. We can't always understand what God is doing. But when we can't trace God's hand, we can always trust. God's heart. And that was the confidence David had. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. David says his shepherd goes before him. His shepherd stands beside him. His shepherd follows behind him. And then finally, he tells us that his shepherd waits Beyond him. Verse 6. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then what? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now David knew what all men know. He knew that one day his earthly pilgrimage would come to an end. Many people today prefer not to think about that. Indeed, the way many people live, you think that this life was never going to end and that eternity was never going to begin. But deep down in their hearts, they know differently. They know that one day, their earthly pilgrimage will come to a close. Well, David says for the believer... For the child of God, when that day comes, just as the shepherd at the close of the day gathered his sheep safely into the sheepfold, making absolutely certain that not one sheep was missing, so at the close of life's day, the Lord Jesus will gather his sheep into the heavenly sheepfold, and he will ensure that not one of his sheep is missing. Indeed, Jesus says in John chapter 10, I know my sheep, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. Every one of his sheep will be safely gathered into the heavenly sheepfold. And then what? Well, throughout eternity, he will continue to be the shepherd of his sheep. You remember those verses we read from 
Revelation chapter 7. The Apostle John is looking into heaven. And John says this. Revelation 7 and verse 15. They are before the throne of God. And serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb, who is in the midst of the throne, will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. If the Lord Jesus is our shepherd now, he'll be our shepherd then. And he'll be our shepherd throughout eternity. And therefore the most important question anyone can ever ask themselves is the question, is the Lord Jesus my shepherd? I may know the 23rd Psalm, many people do. It's often read or sung at a funeral service. But do I know the shepherd of whom the psalm speaks? Can I say with David, the Lord is my shepherd. I remember reading of a man who worked on the railway. This was way back in the 1930s. And he worked for the London Midland and Scottish Railway. And so the badge on his railway cap said LMS, London Midland and Scottish. But one day he got wonderfully converted. He trusted Christ as his saviour. And after that, wherever he went, he always took with him his old railway cap and his old railway badge. And he used to explain to people that in his life, those letters LMS now stood for something else. L, the Lord. M is my S, Shepherd. LMS, London, Midland and Scottish. LMS, the Lord is my Shepherd. Well, someone might ask the question, how does the Lord Jesus become my Shepherd? Well, he becomes our Shepherd when we trust him as our own personal saviour. Jesus says in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And it's when we come to Christ, confessing our sin, believing that when he died on the cross, he died for us, taking our punishment for sin. And in simple faith, we open our hearts to Jesus, we trust him, we receive him. It's then that the Lord Jesus becomes our personal saviour, our personal shepherd. We become his sheep. And we can say like David, the Lord is my shepherd. Not just a shepherd, not just the shepherd, but the Lord is 
my shepherd. And because he's my shepherd, he goes before me. He stands beside me. He follows behind me. And he waits beyond me. Well, may those things be true of each one of us this evening, for his name's sake. Amen.